All right, we're going to be continuing to go through Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 and 1 through 4 is the scripture that we're going to be in, but I want to begin at chapter 1, verse 27. When you find your place with me, please stand and we will read God's Word together and dig into this wonderful picture that He has given us this morning. In the verse 27, chapter 1, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, that to that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me in our text today. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the Spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, Regard one another more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Let us pray again. Father, we pray that you would bring this down to where we can understand it, and that we would examine ourselves from this time forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. <laughs> amen. And so what we're going to be looking at today is the treasures of unity. I'm going to speak a little bit, 27 through 30, just to bring us to the point of the first verse of chapter 1, therefore. And so we're going to see the source of unity, the scope of unity, in the solution to unity. Now I tell you, this is, uh, this is large. Uh, just uh, thinking about last week, after hearing Brother Chris unpack verses 27 through 30, and when I had looked upon this this past week as well, I wanted to think about this question that was presented to me. Have I conducted myself in a way, worthy of the gospel. And that applies to a question to you. For we're not just hearers of the word. We, we actually put these things into, uh, into place. We bring the application onto us because if we're just hearers of the word, it's going to profit us nothing. But the question would be before us today, this past week, have we conducted ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ? Now, when he's talking about this, when he's writing to the church of Philippi, he's in prison for preaching the truth, right? Paul is, and he's writing to Philippi to encourage them. There's nothing really going on as far as any doctrinal issues, right? But there is something that's in the grass, and there's something in the grass that's always in every church, and it's not Satan coming in the back door waving a big old flag, saying, I'm here. But what he does do is cause disunity in the brethren. So Paul is addressing that now when we get to chapter 1, giving us the strength to be able to recognize division in the church, wrongful attitudes in the church, cause disunity, 
And we know that the Lord himself hates that, hates that, hates that. That should bother us. Because we are to walk humbly before this God, and if we are conducting ourselves in, in the manner of the, uh, worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, man, I tell you, I just find it hard to get past that first part, couple of words there. And I pray that you have too this week and the rest of our lives. Conducting ourselves like we all have one spirit like we all are lovers of Jesus Christ, conducting ourselves not about us. If anybody has the volume on this, I sound really loud to me, so please cut it down. But when you think about all that he is and all that we owe this Christ, have we lived this past week worthy of the manner of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And if we have, praise the Lord for that. If he shows you you have it, praise the Lord for that. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you and he is teaching you. Amen? So we look at the treasures of this. And, and I'm just going to stay here for just a minute because Chris already preached this. And did an outstanding job by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we also have the, the picture of unity in this scripture that's leading us to these treasures for us. And I hope you or as excited as I am when I just say these words. It says, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. So whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you. Being what? Standing firm in one spirit, in one, striving one mind together, for one faith in one gospel, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in other words, God has placed this on us, right? We are every one of us that are lovers of Jesus Christ. He has placed this on us and that we are conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And then, hey, he gives us words sometimes too. Our lives preach the gospel. Everything that we do preaches the gospel. Whether to the good or to the bad, it says something to our brethren, and it says something to the world. Paul says, I'm going to know whether or not you're standing firm. I'm going to hear it or I'm going to see it. And we believe in the omnipresence of God and believe that by the power of God, he has birthed us into his family where can I go but to the Lord? Again, as we go through this, please ask this question to yourself when he unpacks it a little further. Am I standing firm in one spirit in the church, in one mind, striving together in the church to keep the one faith and the one gospel standing in unity and no wise being uh, distracted by all what the world has to give, no wise being distracted with all the things that he throws at us, but stay and focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that my life? Or am I doing it my way? Let us be careful of that. So it goes on. It says, uh, verse 28, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but unto you is a sign of salvation and from God, both being from God. And it has been granted unto you for Christ's sake, not only to believe, but you also will suffer in the same conflict which you saw in me, and now you hear in me, be in me. Therefore, Therefore, we get to the first part. And the first thing that we have to see is what is the therefore, therefore. Well, the reason why the therefore is there is because he's bringing after what he said in verse 27, to conduct yourself this way, therefore, here is the source. Here is the source of unity. And it says, therefore, bringing 27 on down through here, because this has happened to you, because God has changed your mind, 
change your ways, change everything about you, adopted you into the family of God, therefore, this is what it looks like. Amen? We're staying focused on what God has for us, not what the world has for us. Amen? We see this here. Therefore, if, if the Gospels had done a work in you, you will conduct yourselves worthy of the manner of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what suffering is here before you, before them, no matter if they take us to jail, we are going to honor the Lord God omnipotent. No matter what we're facing, we are going to look upon this God of the Bible. So leading us to the midst of our suffering and to the midst of conflict, there is a far greater encouragement for our hearts in the Lord. Staying focused on who God is. Staying focused on the love of God that shed abroad in the heart. Staying focused on what he did. He put our sins as far as the east is to the west. Staying focused that we stand righteous before God. Standing focused that we have been bought with a price. We're no longer our own. We are there. And it says, therefore, this is what it looks like. If there's any encouragement in Christ. Now, that word if is not how we use it today. And it could be translated in this way. It could be since or because. And I kind of think of it as, of course, of course. You could put that there too. Now, so let, let me read it to you. I'm going to read it one way, and then I'll read it back another way. Because there is encouragement in Christ. Do you hear that? You have to pick this up. There is, are you encouraged today? That you have been forgiven by God himself? Are you encouraged? There is encouragement in Christ. Right? The fight, fight the battle, honor God in all that you say and do. There's encouragement here. And you said it as a rhetorical question, but look at it like this. Because there is encouragement in Christ, because there is consolation of love in Christ, because there is fellowship of the Spirit, because there is affection and compassion. Then you can say to all of these, of course there is encouragement in Christ. Doesn't that sound better? Of course, because that's what he's saying. They've heard the gospel, and here it is, and it's to you too. If you, if you have put the encouragement on the shelf, therefore you will be discouraged. Amen? There is encouragement in Jesus Christ. If you have missed the unity of the Spirit, and don't go to church, but every now and then, and sprinkled upon, and not bringing yourself into fellowship of the saints, there is discouragement for you. It could be even also in prayer. But of course there is encouragement. But of course there is comfort of the love of Christ. Of course there's fellowship of the Spirit. Of course there's affection and compassion. Of course there is. That's what we need to say to ourselves every morning when we feel the wounds and all the things that we have. It's the source of all encouragement is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And we'll go on in this part we hear, we said, is there any encouragement in Christ? And this encouragement is a Greek word, means, it's a compound word, meaning coming alongside you. Isn't that encouragement? Christ coming alongside, you have the Holy Spirit inside you, Christ coming alongside you to give you encouragement. He is the counselor, we see that in uh, the Holy Spirit being the comforter and the counselor, we see that in John 14, 16, right? This encouragement, this comfort from Christ, right? Encouragement. We have it here, comfort from Christ. Are you comfortable today? Right? Because you can really see it when it gets to a hospital situation. Because you'll go in and, and you'll see the ones that love Christ, although the situation is really, really bad. Then you'll see the other group of people that's over in the corner just wringing their hands and everything, sweating and everything else, and no trust in Christ. But there is peace and comfort in Christ. He comforts though, us because the world is against us if we are wearing the gospel. Amen? 
If we're not wearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're just like them and they love their own. But if you are wearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will act that way. When you act that way, therefore, these things, you will be encouraged. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. I need encouragement. I need it. You need it. Because there is encouragement in Christ, we can go on. Because when it gets so heavy, our heart's so heavy and all the death that's around us, people dying all the time, people going on to suffer the wrath of God forevermore, people going on to enjoying Christ forevermore. Right? It, it still plays on the heart. Heavy at times. You see him one day and you don't see him again the rest of your life. And you hope that they were encouraged. The word encouraged really means to build up, to come alongside. When you think about Christ and the work that he's done in us and for us and for his glory, we have received this, this comfort. We have, we, we have this encouragement if we open our Bible, if we have unity in the Spirit, if we have unity with the, the brethren that love God and love Christ, if we have that, my brothers are praying for me and my sisters are praying for me. Why? Because we have encouragement in Christ. We have a unity, and that is the Holy Spirit of God in us. Be encouraged today. Amen. There should be a smile on your face when you think about the work of God in us to encourage us. Now, so, so you have this gauge. If I'm discouraged, who gives you that? If I'm discouraged, I cause that upon myself and not believe God. But if I am encouraged, it's because God, the comforter, is in me. When I'm weak, he strengthens me. When I have lost my way, he guides me. When I'm confused, he teaches me. Now, this is not this little G-God that we got on the newspaper outside the yard or out there in the world or anything. This is the God of glory. This is the God of glory. Let us remember who this is. He's going to teach us next week his humility, his humbleness. He stepped off the throne of glory, paid price for us. But even when we're encouraged, there is, can be, a snake in the grass. Someone causing disunity. Someone backbiting. Someone tearing, not building up the brethren, but just tearing them down. That's all they're about. They want to do it their way. They're not part of the unity of the church. They're just, I want to do it my way. The last thing you want to be able to say is the same thing that Elvis said, I did it my way. If you did it your way, you've missed it. Amen. If you did it your way, you have missed it. And what a horrible song to sing. Have faith in Christ and all his glory. But you haven't done it your way. You've been encouraged by the Holy Spirit of God. You've been encouraged for Christ walked with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? That's wonderful. That's glorious. That just makes us want to just join arms right now and just march. We're standing firm. Yeah, we're standing firm on the Word of God. Amen? But we're not just standing still. We're standing firm. The gospel of Jesus Christ is true. We have no other argument. We need no other plead. Amen? Is that we are standing firm, locked in with our brethren and our sisters, moving forward for the advancements of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Therefore, be encouraged. Amen? I'm encouraged. If you can't tell it right now, man, I am getting encouraged the more I go through this. This is such a glorious text that we could just read over and not grab the meat. We need to pull the meat out. This is the God of glory that loves me. It loves you. It really means if God be for me, who could be against me? Well, we know who that is. It's the world. But be encouraged. It's not one... hair of your head will be missing. He'll not let the world get a hold of you. You do that when you put his encouragement on a shelf. This is encouragement is not just for us. 
It's also for our brethren. This is why the fellowship of the saints is so important. We're to encourage, encourage one another by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it your way or you cannot do it without us. And I'm not saying Barville Baptist Church. I'm talking about the church in general. Not, well, he gives us this in Ephesians chapter 525. It says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. Now listen, he gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing in the water of the word, that he might present himself the church in all her glory, having no spot, no wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. If you don't love the bride, something's wrong. And it, yes, that's a teaching of both things there for husbands. Every husband in here has a huge responsibility setting down before him right now. You are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Think about that next time you get snappy. Amen? So, we, <laughs> so if, if there is encouragement, amen? <laughs> She's with me. So we go on to see that uh, there's encouragement in Christ, okay, because there is consolation of love. You see that consolation of love? What does that mean? There is comfort that knowing that Jesus Christ loves me. And you know what that's going to flesh out? That's going to flesh out the flesh. If the love of God is in me, that agape love, the fruit of the Spirit will be coming out here, but we also see that the God of glory has given me comfort in His love. In His love... For me, not me, for him. We have comfort in him, right? We have consolation of love, meaning comfort. It means it brings us comfort knowing that the love of God is shed abroad in the heart. We are captivated by this God of glory. We're captivated by the work of glory. I'm captivated that he brought, adopted me into his family, amen? The glory of this God, who is holy, pure, and right, can just not accept me. He has to wash me through the blood of Christ. Therefore, you see that in Romans 8, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. That should be encouraging for us to do what? Stand firm. Stand firm. One commentator put it like this. He says, this word means to speak to someone in a kind and friendly way and it's really synonymous with encouragement that we have already said at the beginning of the verse. So this comfort of love of Christ in us, now we have the same love in us, and therefore this love that I love God with is the same love I love you with, if I love you. Loving someone is not putting up with them. We'll see that as we can continue to go. Loving someone is knowing they have to put up with you in your hard-headedness, in your I-did-it-my-way attitude. You. People have to put up with you. Can you, can you, can you catch that? Right? We always like to look on the outside. Man, you know, it's all, all this guy. I can't deal with him. I can't deal with him. He, he's, he or she's this way. He or she's this way. And no. No. Right here. It starts right here. You are resisting the comfort and the peace of God because you refuse to humble yourself in the spirit of unity before this God. Now, I want to ask you a question before I go any further of this, this comfort that we have in Him, the comfort of love, this consolation of love. Mentioned this way is the only time it's mentioned in the New Testament, in this way, meaning comfort. And we see that is the that we are... We need encouragement. We need the comfort from troubling times, whether it be bills are not paid, job, you don't have a job, whatever that may be, right? The Bible says plainly, the remedy of this is unity of the brethren together, right? Unity in the Spirit of God, 
right, that you would seek first, not second or third or fourth, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Amen. And we see the power of God in that when he says, well, what am I doing? Well, I'm seeking you second because I need to do it my way first. And we all have fell, fallen prey to that at times. But when you think about this peace, this real peace, this real comfort, do you have it right now? I'm not talking about like the peace the world gives us or tries to tell us. Do you have peace right now? Right now, right now, are you, are you comfort, comfortable in Christ right now? Because this is the comfort that he gives us because the love of God by his word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, right, is truly has changed us from, it's not an outside thing. We can't just put on some kind of picture for, for you or for anyone else. That peace comes within. It comes from within because there is comfort of love, we have fellowship with the brethren. Because there is comfort and peace. Listen to this, John 14, 27 says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. Believe in him and all that he is. So we have seen the encouragement. We have seen the comfort of love. Uh, and now we look at the fellowship of the Spirit. And the fellowship of the Spirit is spiritual just like that last one was. It was spiritual. It's not an outside, uh, uh, a natural realm kind of thing. It's if you're a lover of Jesus Christ, and you can truly say that, not by ability, right, but be by a direction of the Holy Spirit, if you are uh, driven by God, you love God because what he's done for you, not religion, not the Baptist faith, not anything else you can put there, not reform doctrine or anything else. You can make an idol out of a penny or a, a, a roach on the floor. You can make an idol out of anything. I'm not telling you to make an idol. I'm telling you, us, that we must examine ourselves to say, am I really standing firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ, conducting my way, conducting myself like I really believe the Bible? Is that my life? Do I have peace when all the world does not? Do I have peace? Do I have this peace? If I reject, reject this, you're rejecting the gospel. And you have created yourself as an idol. If the gospel is all about you, you've missed it. So as we look at this past week, what does that look like? And as we're beginning to start another week, deepening in this uh, unity of the Spirit, what will it look like this week compared to last week? Because I'm going to tell you, we're, we're, we are have a tendency just to be hearers of the Word of God. And as soon as we get out of here, come Monday morning, nothing's changed. My prayer life hasn't changed. My love for Christ hasn't changed. I have to read my Bible because somebody sees me, you know. The Holy Spirit sees me, but, you know, uh, there's things I have to do. What would the church think? Better yet, what would Christ think is where we should be at. In my honoring the gospel in the way that I live, in the unity of my brothers and sisters. Look around, look around. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're stuck with us for eternity. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I hope you are. <laughs> but it's the joy of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We're having fellowship meal next week. And that's just on the outward, but there's a, there's a spiritual fellowship that takes place there too, amen? Is that we carry one another's burden. We care about you. We care about you. It proves in our text, oh my, who have I reached out this past week to just to give them an encouraging word? Oh my, I haven't. Maybe you have, but that's too low. Encouragement. We should be encouraging one another. Amen? Why? Because we love God. And if I'm going to be encouraged by Him, I really need to be praying for my brother, brothers. I really need to be praying about them because it seems that they have lost their peace. 
or they just need encouragement today. But this only comes from being born again, being birthed into the kingdom of God. You can't play these out right here uh, by any means. You have to have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. That comes at the new birth, right? You cannot play this out. You can, but you're going to do a whole lot of backbiting. You know, profit you nothing. But when God changes us from hating him to loving, he changes our stony heart, changes, gives us a fleshly heart. Therefore, we are adopted into the family. Therefore, we have fellowship in the Spirit. Therefore, the Spirit that's in you and in me, we have fellowship together. I'm not looking out after my own interests, but I'm looking out for you as well. This is why I text you. Say, how are you doing? I want you to know we're thinking about you. We're praying about you. Unless, you know, of course, we're too busy. Shame on us. But this same love is the love of Christ, that he loved us. We should be loving one another. Do you see that here? I'm not asking for hands or answers or shaking of the head. Do you, do you see that here? Is there a going out from you, the love of Christ, that would encourage other believers to come and join us? Is that a reality in our life? Because this is a very challenging text. It, it gets better. And it's really, it doesn't, it's not bad as for encouragement. He didn't write it to, for correction. He wrote it to say, hey, there's a snake in the grass that he's causing division. He or she, whatever it may be, causing division. You see that over there in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. It's causing division. I don't like how he did that, but there it goes on. So we have to be prepared that, and know that, when we have a strong unity, there is a snake in the grass wanting to cause disunity. And they want to blame it on everything but themselves. So we see here, all believers are united by the same spirit in the times of the same fellowship. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4, right? There's only one body, one spirit, just as you also are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. I mean, if you need a definition for unity, you, you have it right there. The unity in the Spirit, and we have this. Why? Because it's just the tens, uh, tender mercies of God in us extending out to others. Again, the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, which being His fruit, being produced in us, is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, self-control, self-control. Against such things there is no law. It's about unity. It doesn't matter. You think about this church of Philippi. Had this woman very a Jewish woman, uh, Lydia, that was in the church, had some jailers there, Roman jailers possible. I mean, the different people from all walks of life, he's saying, listen, y'all be encouraged, but as you're being encouraged, you need to keep the unity. Go out of your way to keep the unity of Christ in the church. Go out of your way to do it. Because we can do it from the pew, amen? But we got to get off the pew, we got to put these words in action, holding together the unity of love. That's how we do it, and we can't do it without you. Everyone, all hands on deck when it comes to this. And then it goes on to the next one we see here in this clause here. Because there is affection and compassion. Because there is. It means down in the guts. This affection means talk down in your guts, down in your intestines, down in your very deepest part of your soul, right? You have affection for somebody besides yourself. It grabs you. It hurts you. It's that gut feeling that, man, my, my brother or my sister is struggling, or I'm struggling, and I need help. It's not always this way, 
we got to go here first, and then it could go out. But that, that affection is talks about being down in the, deep, the deepest part of Christ where he loved us and died for us, that deepest part of his very soul in the sense of him going to the cross, in the sense of this, the down deep in this right there, he humbled himself and took it upon the cross, and he says, do likewise. We can't go to the cross. We're not going to the cross. We're not talking about that. But do you think about the love of Christ? How, how, how often do you think about Christ and the love of Christ? How deep is that to you? Because if it's really deep, what manner of love is this? That Christ would come and die for a worm like Wesley Stevens? A maggot, a poop worm? It gets worse. I just can't think of a worm, a worm lower than a sewage pod and worm that I was. But now we're in the kingdom of God. We have been robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and he gets all the glory. Now think about the deep in my affections, in my very bowels of uh, all that I am, do I care about you? Do you care about me? Now I'm not talking about me and you. That applies there. But I'm talking about it's going to show how you wear this. You will do what you care about. And that should probably be an oh my. You will do what you are captivated by. You will do what you love. Whether it's right or wrong, you will do that. But when God has done the work in you, you have no right to do that anymore. Why? You've been bought with a price. You don't belong to you anymore. Praise the Lord. This is the encouragement that we have that Jesus Christ died, and I go free, amen? Praise the Lord for that. I will never, you and I will never, if you're true born of God, will never ever suffer the wrath of God. It's paid in full. But if it's just words that you're hearing right now, be afraid. It's all that you're getting from this is words, how to uh, quit doing what you're doing and start doing what you should be doing. If that's all that you're hearing, you're missing it. You really need to get before that mirror of the Word of God in Christ himself. And ask yourself, am I really a lover of Jesus Christ? Am I, do I really believe in the presence of God, the omnipresence of God? Well, if I did believe that way, I wouldn't act that, that way yesterday in my reaction to whatever it was. But this tender mercy we see here, down in the very bottom, how deep is the Father's love for us? Beyond imagine. That's large, poured out in the Christian's heart by the Spirit of God dwells the agape love, our affection and compassion of every believer may in many different ways, right, have a compassion for the lost, have a compassion for those that are suffering, have a compassion most of all for my brothers and sisters in Christ. So we go on, we see here, it says, therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, which there is, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion, here's the command, make my joy complete. Do you hear that? Since there is encouragement, since there is uh, compassion, since there is uh, this encouragement of Christ and the, the comfort of love, the comfort of love, may we not just hear that, the fellowship of the Spirit. May we take all these things down to our very soul, take us down into our very gut and examine ourselves. Am I, am I captivated by this? Paul said, Paul's saying not to, for his own, but it is a joy Brother Chris would agree to this, and anybody that sees that has any kind of disciples with them or uh, have been able to help somebody in the faith, right? It's a joy to see somebody fighting the good fight of faith. It's a joy to see that uh, people progressing in the love of God. It's a joy to know that you didn't have to say anything. God did. It's a joy to know that, man, y'all, if, if we stopped coming, y'all would continue, amen? Right? It's a joy to know that you're not wrapped around one person in this church except for Christ himself. 
And if that is the reality, praise be to God, we see the scope of unity. Make my joy complete. It's an imperative. It's telling him to give him the command. But it's not just the selfishness of uh, Paul. It's the joy of the Lord. It's passing on through Paul because he has the joy of the Lord. in. If you are a, a Christian, he say, prove it. Make my joy complete by proving it. Act out your life as if the gospel means something to you. That's what he's saying. Make my joy complete in that. That you have a desire to go out and make things happen and desires that people come to know what it means to love God, love the brethren, love the sister. They're not secondhand people. They're not higher of you. They're not below you. We're first-class citizens in the kingdom of God. And that should mean something to us. And then he brings this unity on through. It says, being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the spirit and intent on one purpose. What does that mean to this church today? What does it mean to the church of Philippi? But what does these words mean to you? It's going to say everything it means to you when you walk out of here. Because you're going to practice what you believe. If it means nothing to you that he says be in the same mind, how do you be in the same mind? Right? If, remember, we're, we're fighting together for the unity of the church. We care about people. We care about the problems of people. We, we, we do this while by we have a mind to be uh, praying about this. We read, study the Word of God, and he tells us there's great comfort there. Where can we direct you? We direct you where the comfort comes from. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's here for you. Being in the same mind, are we like-minded today? Are we all lovers of Christ? Or are we wishing we were somewhere else right now? I tell you these things because it's time to get before that mirror because when we get into next week, it's, it's more ex exposing on really how we live this life. Maintaining the same love. How do you maintain it? How do you maintain the, the love of God in you? Well, you die to, well, the next couple of verses will unpack that for us. But how do you do that? Well, you nourish it. You make sure it's happening. Make sure it's healthy. Right? You're united in one spirit. There's more to this verse right here, but I think I am, run, I am running out of time. But when you see this maintain, it means do something. Don't hear, just hear the maintaining the same love. Just don't hear these things. So do something, maintain it. You work at maintaining the Spirit of God dwelling in us and the fellowship of the saints in us, amen? Uh, together, united together, we maintain it. Why? By thinking about other people besides a number one self. Goes out our way. Not one time where we could say at the beginning of this week, well, Went out of my way once, so I'm good for the week. If you're doing it like that, it's just a lack of that. Paul's trying to guard the church here for any uh, lack of unity in the church. Just the lack thereof. Maintaining the same love. United in spirit and in one purpose. What is the purpose of this church? What is the purpose of any church? The church of Christ what is the purpose of that? It's to love the brethren, love God above all, be captivated, uh, captivated by Christ, but loving God, loving our people in Christ, right? And what? Standing firm and setting down? Well, one, you have to stand. You have to stand firm with locked knees and also stepping forward by moving in the progression of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what we do by maintaining one purpose, is keeping the unity in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Maintaining that. In other words, it may cause you to not look so highly upon yourself. But also, we see the solution of unity next, verses 3 and 4. Listen to what it says here. Now, we really, the first section right here, before it gets to the B-U-T, 
gives a negative and then a positive. Now think about last week and think about this coming week. It says, do nothing in the solution to unity, do nothing in selfishness or empty conceit. What does it say? It says, do nothing in that. I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 12 with me for a minute. Romans chapter 12. I know you wasn't expecting that, so I hear more pages flapping. But if you want to see unity in the church of God, you'll see it in Romans chapter 12 as well. The whole chapter, but I'm not going to read the whole chapter. But you think about this for a minute. The, the, the church was healthy, but I'm telling you, when we get selfish ambition in there, I want this, I want that. When you get I in there, right? I want to honor the Lord. That'd be a good way to use I. Other than that, your eyes need to be taken out. I want to live for Christ. Praise the Lord for that. But when we do it for selfishness, when we do it for our own self-gratifying self, not honoring God, we want to do something in that way, we do it. And it goes deeper than that. You know what this means. You know exactly what this means, and you know exactly what it's pointing to in your life. You know exactly what it means, an empty conceit. But with all humility of mind, regard one another as important than, more important than yourselves. Last week, this week, now listen to me. Listen, go to, uh, well, I'll just uh, read the first five. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable unto God, which is the spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the will of God, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than you ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God as a lot to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same, fun same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, individually members one of another. In other words, the, the toe is not going to hate the thumb, right? The lung's not going to hate the liver or the, the tongue or whatever. Uh, it's, it's that unity of the body, which is the body that we have here. Amen? We're not going to make light of it. We're not going to uh, 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 do it in such a way it's all about us. It's not about us. Can we see that? It's, we see it so clearly in Scripture. But I'm really asking myself as I'm looking at this, what's going to change next week? What's going to change in my life next week when I read, do not merely look out for your own personal interest in verse 4, but also for the interest of others? In all humility of mind, regard one another more important than yourselves. Did you do that last week? So we see the reality of this, the treasures of unity is such, is such a treasure that when you have people with one thing in mind is that they love the Lord. They're striving to honor God, not themselves or anybody else. They're striving to honor God in everything that they're about. We saw the, the sources of unity, the source mainly, the Holy Spirit of God through Christ, His work, the scope of it, what it looks like, what it's not. The solution to it is die to yourself. So the question that I've been putting in here for a while now is at the end of my sermon, it says, so what? So what does this mean today to us? So what am I going to do with it? Leave it here when I walk out the door? Do nothing with it? Or am I going to truly pick up my cross and follow him? So so what does this mean to you? 
And I'll close with this commentary here because there's, there's so much that we can examine ourselves on that. And I think the Word of God is clear on it. Every false way the, who utters lies and the one who spreads strife among the brethren, God hates. So as a lover of Christ, we really want to stay away from that area if we believe in His love. We are committed unto Christ. Calvin says this. I normally don't quote uh, Calvin, but I'll say this. A little anxiety he had as to himself provided only it when he went to church. Before his view were tortures, near at hand was the executioner. Yet all these things do not prevent his experiencing unmingled joy, provided that he sees the church in a good condition. He's talking about Paul in that. Paul was overwhelmed with joy, knowing the, the joy of the Lord, knowing that the church was on target, seeking God, right, and being about the Father's business. He was living a life worthy of the gospel. And the question lies before us as we prepare ourselves to come to the Lord's table, right? Are we in one spirit, in one mind? Let these things penetrate our hearts, our minds, and that we actually do something with it, that we may look at our need of strengthening, comfort, encouragement that comes from His Word and for His glories. Let's look at these treasures of unity and put them into play in our lives that the world may see us wearing the gospel, wearing it that we may honor him. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us. Lord, for these exhortations that you have given us to, to examine ourselves. Are we an encouragement or we just bring people down? Are we always talking about the negative? Let us examine ourselves, Lord, as we look upon this scripture. What's going to be different this week than next week? Lord, help us. that this church, this body of believers here, would grow in the unity of the Spirit, more concerned about the brethren than themselves, being not meddlers, but ones that pray, encourage, strengthen, to stay, to keep marching on, that we may be an encouragement one to another, that these things may be a reality in our lives. And I just pray even for myself now, Lord, forgive me. For these things have pulled out so many other things in my life that, Lord, I should have handled differently. But help us walk humbly before you. Forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Take the dirt off of my feet. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.